Hello and welcome to episode 291 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm the bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going, mate? I'm going well, Andrew. How are you? Underprepared. That's all right. You know what's good about that, though, is that you're here to make sure all the prep work's done, as always. Exactly. I, if there's one thing I like, it's prep. Yeah. You're a prep king. I like to think so. Because, you know, I, a bit of a look inside what the, the machinations of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I was just spending the last, let's say, 15 minutes mm-hmm. researching just how shit Manly is at the moment. Yeah. You know, against other shit teams in history after four rounds. Yeah. And while I was doing that purely for my own benefit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Freaky the Legend, he was carrying the podcast, currently, you know, just doing all the research, figuring out what we're going to chat about, because um, that's what he does. He's, we, we he's should... the pro here. I'm just, I just wing it. I just come in and do the intro and then just wait for his guidance. <laughs> Okay, so should we uh, should we start off on my list I put together then? Absolutely. Okay, the Manly Seagulls fucking suck. Tell us about that, Andrew. Well, I was just looking at them. They've now conceded 156 points in their first four games. Yeah, this yeah, year. no one wants to hear that. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> well, just 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 doing the uh, getting easy layup out of the way first. <laughs> if, if anyone that doesn't know, Andrew literally did just spend 15 minutes researching some information. About the history of the Manly Seagulls. Well, the history, you know, the worst performing teams after four rounds. Mm-hmm. So if we go just on points conceded, mm-hmm. um, the 2002 Cowboys are the worst. They conceded 180 points in four games. Mm-hmm. Then 1921 University side, uh, 160 points, as did 2006 Canberra. Manly's fourth, 156. Now, if we go by uh, points conceded per game... Um, Manly drops down a little bit more, more to eighth, mm-hmm. so that makes them, at best, the fourth shittiest team of all time after four rounds, and at worst, the eighth shittiest team of all time after four rounds. They're a top ten shit team right now in all in rugby league's all time history. And the the weird thing for me about when you start off a season terribly, like I, I've always said, you shouldn't start a season off this poorly because you've had six months to prepare. Like, there's just no excuses. Six months to prepare. Most of your players are going to be available, although I'm, if your name is Tom Travojevic, you'll never be available. But Manly should not be this this bad. And But it's been a slow rot for the Seagulls. It has. You know, you know, we, we were seeing it last year. And um, this is the thing, like, Des has never really been a coach of a team that's been habitually shithouse in defence. Like, mm-hmm. that's one thing he's kind of been okay with. You know, sure, he hasn't had teams that won all the time and made the finals, but typically the defensive structures were pretty solid. Um, they might have missed tackles and conceded points every now and then, but that's more of a, you know, individual player technique thing. Mm-hmm. The defensive structures of this manly side right now are fucking abysmal. Yeah, they really are, and like they're, the they're, way... they're defending like they're confused. Like, you yeah. see them oh, tonight was a classic example. They lost to Penrith forty-six to six. Um, if anything with Penrith, the one thing you got to do is try and rush the attack a little bit, 
rush up and try and force the playmakers to to play a quick hand because more often than not, when you rush any halfback, they will dish the ball out to someone else. Mm. Manly would run up and look like they're going to do that and then stop. Mm. And Cleary would look like he was about to shape to pass. Then he saw the Manly line to stop and he go, oh, well, I'll just play to the line. And you go, hey, yeah. straight away, you're going to lose. And Luai likes it when teams run up and stop in front of him because their feet are planted and he's very good sideways. Yeah, it's the best I've seen the Panthers halves play in, in terms of attacking football. And it's because, as you say, Manly was doing exactly what they wanted. And you can see Cleary, you know, he was trying to pick the time to run. And the funny thing was he pro- he could have ran all game. And, like, towards the end of the game, you saw him ran- started running more and more because the, the space was there. Um, the crazy thing for me with this Manly team is I think that really only the Cowboys are worse than them. And they don't play the Cowboys until round 14. And I can honestly, like, I've just looked through their, like, next weekend, they play the Warriors. I think the Warriors will beat them. The Warriors are just going to run through them. The weekend and after that, they play the Titans. Well, the Titans are going to play better than them. I mean, the Titans, you you look at their forwards. Their forwards are really good this year. Then they play the West Tigers in round seven, who, you know... On dick, their, dick them on in their, the trials. Yeah, and on their day, the Tigers can turn it on, you know. And then they play the Panthers again in round eight. Like, and then they play the Warriors again in round nine, like... It's not an easy run at all for this team, but they're just so bad. Like, I I can't see them beating anyone until maybe the Cowboys, and who knows if the Cowboys will pull things together by then or not. The problem I see with this Manly team is I don't see how they pull it together. Like, they're basically putting their best team out without Trebojevic being there, but he's not going to turn this around. No. I mean, if you, if you were to have a look purely... At the stats at half time, you would have suggested that Manly would have been in front in this game because possession was 50 50. Manly had had more sets in the opposition 20, oh, sorry, in the opposition half than what Penrith mm-hmm. had had. And Penrith had had more missed tackles. And yet they were down by, what, 18 points or something like that? It's yeah. Ridiculous and how it, bad that is. And like the, the crazy thing about this game was the scoreline flattered Manly. Um, if Penrith had been, you know, Penrith played all right, but then they switched, they switched off for a good 25, 30 minutes in this one. And if they'd have just kept the, the foot down, they could have gone on and scored 60 odd points. It was just one of those games. There was a point it, it, towards the end of the first half where Manly did get a lot of ball and it put Penrith under the pump a little bit defensively. And I like, as a Panthers fan, I wanted, I thought that was a good thing because you don't want to see them just walk through a game too easily. Um, but, yeah, that, like, it, it, this is not a good Manly team at all. Their recruitment's been a disaster. Like, they just haven't had recruitment. They've lost some really good players. Um, DCE is the only player in this team at the moment that you would want, and that includes Jake Trebojevic, who's not playing that good at all himself. So... You know, I, I don't know how they turn it around. It's really a case of, you know, if you let your club get to this point, it, at this sort of low ebb, you can't expect it to be a quick turnaround. Like, this is another club that Des Hasler's coaching that needs two or three years to sort itself out. It's kind of shocking. Yeah, and he's 
he's not been doing very much on the recruitment scene mm. um, and starting to show. And just look at some of the player stats in this game. And like one player who I thought was absolutely just rubbish tonight was uh, Moses Sully. Mm-hmm. He made 10 tackles, had four missed and one ineffective. Mm-hmm. How is it when a team racks up 46 points, you're only getting close to making 15 tackles? Yeah. That, and that's the thing. Like... He's, he's not even getting himself in a position where he can actually even just miss tackles. He's yeah. Getting, they're getting around him so easily. He doesn't even register on the stats. And they were like they were attacking his side a lot. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of times where Kikau was just being sent down towards him, and poor old DCE was having to tackle Kikau all on his own. And considering yeah. that, he did a pretty good job. But uh, yeah, there's look, there's a lot of players in this manly side that I just don't think are up to it. Like there's a, there, I would say they've got at least half their squad could very easily be in the New South Wales Cup, and you wouldn't look twice at them. No, I mean. It's a bit rough at the moment. They've got Josh Schuster, who's a pretty handy 5'8". He's now playing in the second row. How mm. bad is your depth that you get one injury to your mm. second row and you've got to start putting 5'8s in there? Yeah, and that's... I mean, that is a, an indictment on the greater club. Like, you can't get to that point. You can't get to the point where you've got to be doing that. And, like, we're only in round four. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Um... I don't know how to fix that. It's a mess. What will happen is they'll 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 snare a fluky win somewhere, mm-hmm. and they'll go. Oh, look, we've fixed everything up. Everything's all right from now. And they'll just keep coasting. Um, they'll lose a few more games and get dicked, and then they'll get a random win. And that's just what they'll do. And it's just not good enough. The place needs a broom through it and a mop. It really does. And it it's got to start with the coach, which is the crazy thing because they've just given him a, an extension. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't understand it. Um, On the other side of the field, Penrith did what they needed to do, looked all right. I thought Burton was pretty good in the centres. Um, I can't wait to see when he has to ring up Trent Barrett and tells Trent Barrett he's not going to Canterbury because he's a centre now for the Penrith Panthers. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Crichton was all right at fullback. Not fantastic, but he got the job done. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes against a better team next week in the Raiders. Um, but he did all right. You know, he's still one of those players who, you know, the opposition is a little bit scared when he gets the ball. Crazy thing about Crichton is he's got to fill out yet. He's going to be a big dude when he fills out. Um, and Cleary, I mean, I, I think, I know he's playing against Manly, but some of the stuff he was doing in this game, I think I'm willing to say he's the best halfback in rugby league right now. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that. Mm. So, oh, man. So man, do, you want to talk about, do you want to talk about the big story this week? I think we should. I think, okay. we should. I think, we're, I think we've spoken enough about this already. Yeah. So, Mosambai has been given permission to negotiate with other clubs and he says he's looking for an opportunity and a fresh start. What do you think, Andrew? <sighs> Will you be able to over- overcome the loss of Moses and Bai? I already have. 
I, you know, I was going to ask you a question, right? And yep. the question was, I was going to go through a bunch of plays and say, we'll just swap him for him by. We'll just swap him for him by. And I thought, nah, I know what Andrew's like. What players would you not swap for him by? Oh, so you're saying who will the Tigers be targeting now? Yes, 100%. Because uh, I, I saw you... Okay, yes. go on. I was yes. going to say, Matt, Matt Moyle will be behind the list. Yes. But would you, if they say the Sharks offered that swap right now, would you take it? No. Okay. No, because it wouldn't be a swap. We'd have to take him on a, like, you know, on a deal where we'd have to have him for a few years. Mm-hmm. We're not going to yeah. take him now for the rest of this year. They're going to sign him for a few years. Yeah. I don't want that. What about someone like, and I'm trying to think of like, one of the other players that got mentioned to me was Anthony Milford. I take Milford. I probably would. Yep. But uh, who else was there? Corey Norman. Uh, That's a hard no. Yeah, that's. I think he would do. I think he would do more than buy does for your club, but I don't know that's the direction you want to go in. Yeah, I think he'd have too many games where he did exactly what Mbai does. Yeah. Um I'm I'm just I'm just happy that the club can see that the whole Moses and Bai thing is not working. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm pissed off it took him this fucking long to realise that. <laughs> yeah, it took him a while. Yeah. I mean they should have looked at his games before they bought him. Not just looked at the fact that he was available. We wanted to change clubs. Yeah, that's the one that always got me, was that he was, uh, like the player that he is now, it's not like he is a shadow of the player he used to be. You know, he kind of is is who he is. This is what he was doing at the Dogs. Yeah. And look, I'll say one thing in his defence. He's never been given the opportunity to nail down one position. Mm-hmm. Right. Even this year, after spending last year playing occasionally at fullback, at 5-8 in the centres, um, he spent the off-season training a hooker. Yeah. You can't just train a person up for a new position when they've never nailed a previous one down and just think it'll work. But to and be he- fair, I don't think he's been talented enough to ever lock him into a certain position too. He probably hasn't, but I don't think he's been given much of a chance either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tyrone Peachy's another one, obviously far more skilled, but he's yeah. never been given an opportunity to lock down a position. Just as you think he's about to get, you know, be set a stone as a centre, he gets moved to 5-8 or gets moved to lock or gets put on the bench, you just go, you don't realise what you're doing to this asset you've got there. Mm-hmm. You're limiting his ability to you know, learn and develop in the role and, and get himself set there and get maximum benefit out of him. And you just keep moving him around all the time. Yeah. The the development starts to slow down an awful lot after that period of, of doing that all the time. It's to the detriment of both the player and the club. It really is. Like, I don't think anyone has used Tyron Peachy better than Panthers used to. Like, just, it, he, he really is a footballer where, you know, you throw him on the field and just say, go and play football. And that's... When he's at his best, don't worry about how many halves you got out there, what your forwards are. Just tell him to go out there and create havoc, and he'll do it. Yeah, um, I think the Titans are starting to figure that out now, but it's a little bit late, mm-hmm. and they're still kind of not committed to it. You know, Holbrook's 
he's, he's a guy who's pretty big on structures, and so Tyrone Peachy's never going to fit into that. Yeah. But he's too good, even without the full development, to leave out of your side as well. So, Would you swap Tyrone Peachy for Mbai? I probably wouldn't. Not, not as a... Not because I don't want Tyrone Peachy, but because the club really does need to have a halfback. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be looking to find an, a genuine seven for the club. Yeah, and I'm, I like, you know, they, there's no none of the sevens are really, outside of Adam Reynolds, who starting to be more and more talk that the Cowboys are going after him pretty hard, which Absolutely. would be really, yeah, which would be a really good buy for them. Um you know, there's no one really that jumps out that you sort of say, oh, yeah, if he's available, go for him. Tom Tom Deaton's a very, very good halfback, and not getting an opportunity at the Broncos, for some reason they're more interested in Brody Croft, mm-hmm. probably because they're paying him more. Um, but I think he's, I think he'd be a, a good signing for the Tigers. The only thing he lacks that the Tigers need so, is some experience. Yeah. But... I think, I think if you gave him a season at the Tigers to you know get into the structure and, and have things formed around him and what he wants, I think it'd take one season. Then you'd start to see both him and the club start to improve, um, not drastically or dramatically because there's a lot of other things they need, but they would start to improve a bit in their attack, which is what they need to do. Because if your attack's working and you're starting to score a few more points, your defense isn't having to work as hard yeah. as frequently, and it's not constantly under the pump, and your attack's not constantly playing panic football, which is what tends to happen a lot with the Tigers. What like about a lot? A lot of the Tigers' tries are scored through either a weight of possession or a bit of a fluke. It's not through drastically brilliant set plays or anything like that. Yeah, they pull a lot of tries out of their ass, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Brody Croft for... No. Okay. No. Yeah, I would say that would be a bad move for the club because I feel like they would commit to Croft, and I'm not sure yet, especially in the Tigers situation, that's not that wouldn't be a good place for him. No, I don't know. It's a good move at all. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's a start. Yeah. If they yeah, can move on and buy this year and knowing that Packer's leaving as yep. well... That's that's nearly uh, that, that's about one point seven one point eight million dollars of the cap freed up, I believe. That's a lot yeah. of coin. Yeah. And if they get rid of Joey Lalua as well, there's over two million. I tell you what, if they get rid of Joey Lalua already, the CEO has to go. Mm. Because the ink is still drying on that contract. Yeah, it was a crazy one to sign in the first place. Yeah, he really was. Uh, Joey, we've seen already, he yeah. cannot play in the same side as his brother. Because no. his brother is is a big enough and strong enough unit to look after himself. But every time something happens to, to Luciano Lolua, Joey runs in like a freaking idiot mm-hmm. and wants to start having fisty cuffs. Just going, you're not eight anymore, Joey. <laughs> but he's fine. You're on a footy field. It's part of the game. He's a big boy. <laughs> And it, it's also like their games, just their games in general, don't complement each other. Like Luciano Leilua, he's a big dude. He he causes havoc. You know, mm. he's he's one of the best. At, you know, uh, strike forwards in the game out wide, 
and Joey Leilua, he can be handy in terms of having, like if he's on the end of a good back line and you pass it to him and he's got a little bit of space to move, he's a big unit to try and pull down once he's got a head of steam up. But, you know, you start to get into a pretty specific area and it's an area that the West Tigers do not have. No, that's right. It's uh, I I I questioned the signing from the get go. Initially, mm. I questioned it because we didn't need backs. We've always needed either a backup hooker, some props, or halves, and also a fullback. We've always been, we're, you know, we're now making do with, you know, up until Laurie came across, obviously, mm-hmm. just. Who can fill in this position? Yeah. That's it. So, at least fullbacks locked down. Um, I find Little is improving in, in pretty um, pretty obvious ways every single week. And that's just coming from finally getting to play regular football, injury-free. And he's starting to build confidence, which we haven't seen from him in his career because it's always been, you know, self-preservation mode so he doesn't get injured all the time. Yeah. Um, and he's he's now he's now starting to show a bit of that promise. And thankfully, he's not too old. He's still, I think, 22 or something like that. So he's still got plenty of career left in front of him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the injuries stay away because he does – he's already shown that he's got plenty of ability. Um, so I'm hoping he continues on that trend and then we're just trying to find a halfback. If we can just – just trying to find a halfback – we can carry Luke Brooks because I think Brooks would be fine as a ball running five eight. Um, beside, but if we if we can't or don't want to carry Brooks, Adam Dewey is just fine as a six as well. We just need to get a halfback. That's pretty much it, and then we can start building shit around that because mm-hmm. the spine's pretty much set then. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. West Tigers talk. We talk about them a lot, but there's a reason for it. Um, some interesting news this week with, and it came out last night, which confused a lot of people because they were like, wait, is this April Fool's or not? But it wasn't where it was announced. The North American Rugby League competition has been formed and it's basically been formed with the idea that you take some of the more high profile clubs from the United States and you couple them with the Toronto Wolfpack and the Ottawa Aces. And what we've got is a 14-team competition in North America. Um, very exciting news. I'll go through the teams. So that what they've done is they've basically got three divisions. So the first two divisions are United States teams, and they're split into East and West. The East division has six teams. The West division has six teams. So the Eastern Conference teams are the Canadian Rugby League team, the Brooklyn Kings, the Atlanta Rhinos, the New York Rugby League Club, which is obviously one of the the teams that have been looking at Super League, Um, the Boston 13, which is a very well-established team in the United States Rugby League competition, and the Washington, D.C. Cavalry. And then in the Western Conference, we've got the Austin Armadillos, the Las Vegas Blackjacks, the Portland Loggers, the Phoenix Venom, the San Diego Swell, and the... Sa- what, what? You don't like the Swell name? I'm wondering if they're using, you know, whether it's Swell in the water or yeah. whether it's just the fact that they're 
quite content. Yeah, they're just swell. How are you doing? <laughs> just no, a, just a bunch of swell guys. Yeah. <laughs> and the last team in the Western Conference is the San Francisco Rush. And then you've got the Canadian teams, which is obviously the Toronto Wolfpack and the Ottawa Aces. Now, it's going to be, from my understanding, is the Western Conference will play 10 rounds. The Western Conference will play 10 rounds. And then they'll sort of add the Canadian teams, the winner. So the Canadian teams will play one game at home, one game away against each other. The winner of those games will go straight into the final series with the other finals teams of the two conferences. And then they'll go on and have a normal final series and we'll get a winner out of that. It's a short competition, which is not a problem, you know. Um, smart. smart. Yeah, when, I agree. They probably don't have a huge amount of cash, so starting small is a good idea. I agree. And, you know, they've got a lot of very high-profile teams. They've, there are a couple of teams there that are probably upset to miss out, but that's a good thing because it allows for expansion in the future. The other thing about this competition is that it will be uh, streamed on Sports Flick which is a streaming service for nine ninety nine per month. I believe that will be US dollars. Um, so yeah, it's it was very exciting to hear all of that. And after what you and me talked about in the last episode, where you know the rugby football league and the New Zealand rugby league twiddle their thumbs and wait for someone else to do stuff, it was cool that a couple of days later we get the North American Rugby League. And, you know, in North America, they kind of just decide to do their own thing, and it was great to see. Absolutely. And I like the fact, too, that they haven't played a single game, and yet they've got a um, a streaming service set up. Mm-hmm. But England should have thought of that. Yeah, they should have. They've got a streaming service. Their website was all set up. All of their teams were um, posting about this information. It was very well coordinated, and you know they did it right. You know if this if this all works, this will be fantastic for the game in North America. Yeah, I mean this is the thing is, um, if as much as I've been critical of the Super League, mm-hmm. if they had a a live streaming service that's available for everyone around the world, I would subscribe to it and watch it because I watch rugby league. Mm-hmm. By not, yeah, by not doing this though, what they're doing is they're they're denying themselves a chance to actually earn other income. And the Australian yeah. rugby league is no different. You know, they could be charging a fee to watch this stuff on their own website. That used to be able to actually watch NRL games on the NRL website. They don't have that anymore. They got rid of it this year. And I heard that uh, the amount that the NRL and they they basically pushed it off to KO Sports and Fox Sports to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I heard that the prices that they're charging overseas, like, for instance, if you're a fan that's in Brazil, I think they were saying it's like two weeks of the normal wage in Brazil to afford the streaming service to watch NRL. Like, they haven't priced it appropriately across the world in different regions. So that's a that's a problem there. But... Um, Look, it's, it's it's streaming. Every every dollar you make from it is just cherries on the top because you've already making a huge amount of money out of the TV rights deal. So you mm-hmm. don't need to charge an, an arm and leg for it. You just make it five dollars a month. Yeah, 
Yeah, and look, they're charging ten bucks a month for this competition. I think that's fair. Yeah, like you, fine. you and me are gonna, um, are gonna subscribe to this. Yep. And you know, it's. I think it's fair now. Fourteen teams. Are there any of those teams that you sort of look at and think I'm going to follow that team? I did like the look of the. Uh, oh, I forgot the name of them now. One of the jumpers there. It was. I think it kind of reminded me a bit of an old Bradford Northern jumper. Was it Cleveland? It, yes, it would be Cleveland. Yeah, they're not. Their colours are very similar. Yeah. I do like the colour combination, and the, the jumper design looked really cool. I went, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll back that side. Okay. I I was looking at the teams, and, like, there's different things for me. Like, I could never go for a New York team. It's a basketball thing. Couldn't go for them. Boston, don't like Boston. Same thing. Um, I, I, I think I'll just go for the Wolfpack in terms of the playoffs, once they get into the playoffs. Um you know, as for who you'd want to win the American side of the competition, I, I don't think I've chosen yet. I, I don't think I've chosen yet. Couldn't go for Brooklyn because in the NBA, they James Harden went there, so Brooklyn can get stuffed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll pick someone eventually, though. Are there any teams you haven't ruled out yet? I haven't ruled out... I haven't ruled out Phoenix... I wouldn't go for Portland. They're losers. Um, Austin, you know, uh, Cleveland, maybe. It just depends. But I think overall, I'll definitely go for Toronto to win their title. I can't not. I supported them in for getting into Super League, and it's just difficult to sort of cut away from them. That's fair enough. I, I do like the, the Cleveland jumper. I think mm-hmm. this year... If things are going well, I'm going to start trying to build a small collection of international footy jumpers. And the f- oh, really? The first two on the top of my list are going to be the Cleveland one, yep. and the other one is going to be the Vaklabi Mad Squirrels. Oh, nice. I'm going to see if I can get some merch from those two places. We should make a... Um, you know how you can design jerseys on mm-hmm. some of the websites? We should make a Mad Quokkas one, hey? We definitely should. What colours did we have for the Quokkas? I can't remember. Did we well, come up with colours? There's got to be red. Yeah, I think there's red in it. Madquokkas.com. Oh, it didn't come up, did it? See, people thought we forgot, we forgot all about that. Yeah, see, it's always it's always simmering away. Oh, yeah. Website not coming up. It's Mad Quokkas, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't you have a link to it on your website? Yeah, I, I yeah, I thought I did. Yeah, this is this is fucking great listening, isn't it? This is fantastic. This yeah, is what people yeah. signed up for. Let me, let me find the mad quarters. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, uh, they're on here somewhere. Blah blah. I think we we need to have brown because the quaker is a brown a brown beast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Features maybe it's in the features section on my website. King of Rugby League Awards. I found one website. It says you need to order at least 10. So if we come up with a uh, primary colour, we'll go red, blood red. Yeah, we we could uh, maybe do one for a competition and sell the rest. There's an idea. Because 
they probably they probably charge you like three hundred dollars to jump her. Okay, I'm trying to but find. You know what? Yeah. I know. Uh, I say this, um, like I won't reveal who it is, but I know someone who's invested in Bitcoin. So they, yep. they'll probably got an, a lazy three grand lying around. Not yet, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mad quackers. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So our team. When when did we do a team? Oh, that's right. We named a team. Yeah, now I remember. Jeez, we put a lot of thought into this. Okay, our logo, uh, our colour's red. Just red, not white. There's no blue here. Not any other shit colours. Just red. Like the blood of our victims, especially the the Vlacabi mad squirrels. Okay. Just red. That's a bit, yeah, just red jersey. It's rather aggressive. That is aggressive. Not white, red. Okay, so no white That's and no be, blue. Yeah, it's no blue, no blue. It's going to be a uh, <laughs> pretty straightforward jersey. <laughs> um, should we go with something a bit avant-garde with the design? Oh, I'll tell you what, this could be a, a go. This is what people signed up for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've I've got... Uh, should we go with brown as the main colour? It's red. We go, oh, we've got to go red. Okay, just, the squirrels have spoken. Just red. Let's, let's add some other flourishes to it then, shall we? Red? <laughs> well, okay, so quokkas have like... I don't know. They've got that adorable little face. They've got a, a black nose and black eyes, but you kind of don't want to make it look North Sydney jersey like because North Sydney were a bunch of losers. Oh, I mean, we get rid of the. They lost by tonight. We get rid of the black. That's not a problem. Okay. Um, Why don't we just go with red and brown? How does red and brown look though? Not not real fancy, but you know what. <laughs> <laughs> When you're being assaulted by a small marsupial, yeah, who, who cares what the colours are? It'd be cool if you could like put different sponsors' logos on it or different things. Like, it would be cool to have like a Mad Squirrel logo on it, but with like a big red cross through it. <laughs> that could work. Yeah, because they're like the Mad Quackers. It's like they think they're being passive aggressive, but they're just being aggressive aggressive. <laughs> That's all they are. They're just aggressive yeah. aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, no one's expecting that from a quokker. N- exactly. They're so adorable. Hang on, Andrew sent me an image. This is good for. Uh... Hey, that looks all right, actually. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind that. That looks pretty good. We'll put that on the Instagram account, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. I've yeah, got work. the back as well. Excellent. Oh, you got a back to it as well. There you go. I don't Let's know why I chose that number. I couldn't change it. 19. <laughs> <laughs> we have squad numbers too at the Mad Quackers. Yes. And if anyone asks why, because we fucking want them. Yeah, because we fucking can. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't mind that red and brown. That oh. That looks all right. You know who we should get as a sponsor? Who? That company who was doing that um, promo stuff for the Northern Territory a few years back? Yes. You know the one? 
Yes. That should be on the on the front of the jumper. Yeah, we'll get we'll get sponsored by the Northern Territory um, Tourism Bureau. Yeah, that's the one. And let's do that. Uh, I'll try and uh, do some more work on this and see if I can get the sponsor on the front of it there because that'll look amazing. Yeah, yeah, I like this idea. And we'll get we'll get a uh, sponsor at the back. I could get a logo made up to a proper logo, Mad Squirrels logo. Oh, Mad Squirrels, not Squirrels. We gave the Squirrels. Yeah. They they, they will be the arch nemesis. Yeah, they're the nemesis. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, that was fantastic. People are going to love that. Yeah, that's... A totally visual (laughs) part of the the podcast, and you can't say shit. It's very good. But but we could. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that part of the podcast. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so you, you're looking to get jerseys. Like, are there any others that you're thinking of getting? Well, there's a heap of other designs. I just went with that because it looked a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The, you can add extra colours to it if you want. No, but I mean the international jerseys you want to get. Oh, international ones. Yeah. Um, maybe a, a French jumper. See, I Possibly like that. Possibly a Catalan Catalan Dragons one, maybe. Yeah, well, I like the Catalans one where they played it uh, in Spain. Yes. That looked awesome. That was an awesome jumper. They mm. do tend to have some some decent jumpers there um, every now and then. So maybe get one of those. Um, yeah, not looking at going crazy, just getting a few, mm-hmm. just to uh, you know expand the old the old uh, footy jumper wardrobe. So that when I go to a footy game, I'll wear one of those instead of an NRL jumper. And people go, "What fucking team's that?" And I go, "Mad Squirrels, mate." You keep up with that attitude. You know, I know I know a tree somewhere that I can tie to and no one will ever find you again. Just just some uh, pissed off quackers. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a Super League team? No. Maybe we should get you a Super League team. Okay, so you're going to tell me I should go for Hull? Yep. Yeah. Um... See, this is the thing. I think when it comes to finding a footy team, mm-hmm. this is this is a process I use for myself. Okay, I don't, I don't care what anyone else's process is. You do it. You do your own shit. Yeah. But for me, I don't want to go in and just go with okay, this team's always in the finals. I'll pick them, yeah. or this team always wins premierships. I'll pick them because to me, that's a soft cock approach. Yeah, like those St Helens or Wigan fans yeah. are always like, oh, just going for this team because yeah, I know you, mate. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I, I want to go, f- I suppose, having supported the West Tigers, mm-hmm. I need to support a team that's nearly good enough, never gets relegated, never wins anything. So that actually does leave the door open for a lot of Super League teams. It, I, just, it does know, rule out St. Helens, Wiggins, and Leeds. That's it. Okay, you know who that sounds like to me? Huddersfield. Yes. Yeah. That's the natural one. The problem with that, though, is Huddersfield does have Marone on their jumper. That's true. Unless they have one of those weird years where they're wearing green or blue or some shit, and they look and go, "What the fuck?" The thing is, though, like it's depressing. It's depressingly true that you knew who it was <laughs> that should be your team. <laughs> well, it's worth noting I do have a retro Huddersfield jumper. I do, and the only reason I bought it is because the game was formed in Huddersfield, and I thought that'd be a good little throwback to that. Not because mm-hmm. I supported Huddersfield, but just for that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I haven't really got a Super League team. So I I I tried different teams. 
Yeah. And I settled on Hull FC. It just felt right. And I had a lovely friend of mine a number of years ago send me a uh, Hull FC jersey. So I've got a Hull FC jersey, which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. And I, I had another friend, uh, Adam Everett, who was over in from England a few years ago, and he gave me a Hull KR top. It was a special edition Hull KR top, which was also very nice. But he knows I'm a Hull FC fan, but it was also very nice of him to give me that. Very good, very good. So is there any other teams out there? See, for me, it might even just be a case of, like I did with the North American League, just yeah. finding someone who's got a decent-looking jumper. Well, you know what? When you were telling me the sort of team you were going for, you wanted to go for, all I could think was Huddersfield. Like all of the other teams, you don't want to go for Wakefield. You don't want to go for Castleford. Um, you know, Hull KR, you're not into meth. So they're out. Um Wigan and St. Helens, all their fans are bandwagoners. Warrington, you've got all your own teeth. You don't want to go for Warrington. Salford, once again, like there's a disconnect with the meth thing. So I, I think Huddersfield's probably the team for you. I really do. You don't want to go for Leeds. Once again, bandwagoners. I've never met a Leeds fan that was even half likable. No, well, that's right. So it's a... Uh... It's it's a tricky one. Maybe maybe Catalans are just the team I should go for. Yeah, you could go for the Catalan Dragons. Um, Bit of an outsider. Yeah. I'll just go to the, the website and see, see what merch they've got. It would Plus, be funny that if you chose the English team that wasn't in England. Yeah, that ends up winning. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Um, oh, this is all in all in French. I can kind of understand some bits of French. Hang on, can I change it here? No more web browser won't allow me to. That's helpful. Here, let me translate. Uh, Renault Baguette. Oh, no, there we go. This is English now. Okay. I can understand a bit of French, only through um, trial and error, I guess. Yeah. Some words kind of look like what what you think they should be. Yep. The Nouvelle Collection, what have they got there? Nothing. Okay. A la une? I don't know what that means. One? It doesn't une mean one? I think so. Promotions? It doesn't look like we've got any footy jumpers for sale there yet. Uh. Uh, so I'll have to have a keep on. Hang on, it's up the top here. Kit official. There we go. That means the official kit. Ah, uh, there's that one that they played in Barcelona with. That was beautiful, that jersey. That's a good looking jumper. Yeah. I, 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 do like, get one. Yeah. I do like their 2020 home one as well, the mainly white one. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Yeah, they've got some good jumpers. I've got to try and pick one. I'm not going for the one that looks like a uh, St. George Dragons one, though. No, no, you can't do that. Don't want no, no weird, like, red V-looking thing. 25 euro. That's about $4,000 Australian, isn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah. Can you get one on there that, like, can you get one with on the back that says Falau? <laughs> no, you I'm be just proud get, to wear that? I just get God putting on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, that that one, the, the Barcelona one, is very good. 
Yeah, I like that. That's the first time I ever saw a club put out a jersey and I was like, oh, man, I really want to buy that one. Yeah. No, these are pretty pretty well priced. I wish the Australians yeah. were priced like this. Yeah, it's because the market is different, hey? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to figure out whether on the website whether that's a comma or a decimal point between the numbers. <laughs> is that 5,500 euro or 55? It's got to be 55. It, it probably should be. It would be funny if you... Uh, it does look you, a little bit like a comma, though. You you bought it, and it was like, I think I just paid $55,000 for a jersey. Yeah. And then I go, shh, don't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be my job. I've got to... I've got to grab one of those. It probably cost about nine thousand dollars in postage. Yeah, it could do. It could do, and I would leave it in the garage for about three months so the corona can wear off it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's important. Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. What's what's uh, other stories are going on in the water rugby league? Um, they brought in the 18th man officially, which is good. So that I think it's something along the lines of if you've had three concussion plays that have left the field and can't return with concussion, then you can activate the 18th man and it's supposed to be a development player, whatever that means. So we'll find out how they... I thought there was a few other stipulations. I, I, I read a thing where they said there was also one for... Acts of foul foul play as well. Okay. I think Benji Marshall was calling for one that gets brought in so someone gets injured because of foul play. Yeah. Um, I think that's – I'm not I, – I see where he's coming from there, and to some extent I, I, just, I agree with what he's coming at. I think, though, that can be exploited a bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the one they've brought in, though, it's kind of mm, – you can see that what they're trying to do is make sure that coaches don't exploit it. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it's a blatant response to Paul Kent's concerns. So Paul Kent was going on apparently a few weeks ago or a few days ago saying, oh, we can't have an 18th sub because coaches will just find a way to exploit it. Mm-hmm. And we know that PVL likes to listen to these people. Mm-hmm. So he's probably gone, okay, how can we make it so they don't exploit it? I know. We'll make it so that if you have three people who go down with uh, head knocks and they're not allowed to come back, then you can bring on an 18th man. And I just think, well, that's only happened, what, three times since we've been doing HIA stuff? Yeah. And and I think even Kent said that that would have only been activated once. So that then means that the 18th man is not going to serve any purpose whatsoever, so why make the rule? Yeah, that's... It's too strict. It is it is a weird one, and, like, you know, I I just don't know that there's an, a perfect scenario where you've got something in place, you know? Um, as, I, as I said on a previous episode, I think two confirmed HIAs, um, and I'd probably, you know, after thinking about it, if you've got two confirmed HIAs, in the mm-hmm. first half, mm-hmm. then you should be allowed to bring it in. Yeah, that would work as well. That would work as well. Because one of the first interchange rules that we ever had was you can only make a change at half time. Oh, you know, in the first half, you can't yeah. make any after half time, and that was only for injury. Yeah. So yeah, it's got a touch of 
going back to the good old days, which might appeal to PVL. Yeah. Yeah, he loves the good old days. Mm, especially if someone else tells him to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that would work. Did you see Phil Gould got a lot of people angry this week talking about um, he was saying that a lot of this stuff with concussions is being overblown and that he um, a lot of the, the changes they're may, making aren't really about looking after players. It's to avoid litigation. Mm. And, look, I didn't think they were uh, – the overblown stuff, I don't think it's overblown. I think it's something that needs to be addressed. But I think the fact that he's talking about the litigation side of it, I agree with that. I think that, you know, that's that's part of what is pushing some of these these rule changes through. But people crucified him for it. I was kind of shocked at the the anger that people showed because it like when I looked at his comments and it wasn't as though you sort of looked at his comments and were like, oh well, he's completely wrong. Like it was like you know it was just an opinion. I, I thought yeah. and it was not I think, completely invalid. I think his problem was because he he said it was basically about avoiding litigation mm. and. You know, saying that, you know, no one's going to die tomorrow because of CTE. Yeah. It just sounded a little cold and uncaring, I think. Yeah. And I think that's what put a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... I, I, I do see where he's coming from. The thing is, though, the reason why the NRL as a business would be doing this in order to avoid litigation because let's be honest, that's largely what it is, is if you're not doing anything to help protect the players, then you're going to be liable to be, you know, sued, I guess. Yeah. So it makes sense to do what you can to try and help the welfare of players by bringing in certain rules so that you're looking after their well-being, but not... This is a good thing about what they're doing. They're not impacting the game. They're not saying to players, you can't tackle in a certain manner or you can't do this in a certain way. You have to do it this way. They're not doing that. They've done little things like no punching, no shoulder charges. And they're easy things to scrub out of the game. And we've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's it. They, didn't, they haven't gone any further than that. Um, and they're just doing going through HIA protocols to make sure that people who are concussed don't get back up and stay on the field or they don't run back out if they've come off. Just get a spray in the face of water and wait till they get their balance back. And, yeah, you're right to go, son. There's none of that anymore, which I think yeah. is a good thing. And yeah, it's and- a sign that the NRL is making progress. I don't, you know, whether they're doing enough or not is another matter, but I think they're working in the right direction. And if the direction they're going in now is enough to help them avoid litigation without impacting the game, then that's as far as the NRL will go with it. Doesn't mean it'll be enough, but that's as far as I'll go with it. And there is also the argument of like whether it's for player, if whether it is strictly for player welfare or strictly to avoid litigation. If it gets us to the right place, who cares? Just get exactly. us to the right place, you know. Exactly right. Because that's all they've got to do. There's no way you can make rugby league safe. No. If you're running flat out at a bunch of people, and those bunch of people are going to try and put you on your ass. You can't make that safe. No. But, you know, the game is doing a lot better now than what they used to do when it comes to this sort of stuff. And they've re- reacted 
pretty strongly, I guess, and promptly since okay. there's been starting to get some decent, you know, evidence that, you know, CCE is a, is a major issue. Obviously, it took them a while to get on board, but once they did, they haven't been half-assed about it. They've been reasonably proactive. But they were also the first... I mean, how many sports were ahead of rugby league in terms of, um, you know, players would get concussed? And, I mean, it's like... And it's weird. It sounds weird, but rugby league and boxing are the only ones, sports that I knew of for a very long time, that made you sit out if you had a bad enough concussion. And, I mean, the NRL has been dealing, and Rugby League has been dealing with concussions as something of a, a different issue since at least the early 90s, maybe even the very late 80s. And they've always looked to go and, you know, do what the latest, the latest medical advice is. It's not like at any point you know, the medical advice said one thing and rugby league was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like they've always sort of tried to keep up to the medical advice. And as we've seen the medical advice change very differently in the last, say, 10 years, the NRL has tried to keep up with it once again. It's not like rugby league. Sometimes you see people in the media pushing this idea that rugby league sat back and didn't do anything. And that's not the case. It just isn't the case at all. No, that's right. And I think... um I think once once there started to be cases of actual rugby league players who were um, found to have been suffering from CTE, that was kind of the kick in the bum that rugby league needed to go, you know what, we really need to take this seriously and we need to do what we can to try and limit the risk that current and future players get of suffering from this disease. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Dr. Alan Pierce, who we've had on a few times, um, understandably, he would advocate and say that, you know what, there's not enough being done yet. Um, and to some, to a large extent, I agree with him. Yeah. But it comes down to how much more can you do without impacting the game too much more? And that's kind of where the NRL is at at the moment. Um, yeah, and, like, I remember when Alan was on, he he said that himself. He was like, look, we can wrap ourselves in cotton wool and, and never have any sort of impacts at all. But that's just not life, you know. And no. so we've got to do the best we can in the situations that we're putting ourselves in. And, yeah. uh, you know. It, well, well, we've got players who are, you know, more and more players need to be donating their brains to science after they pass on mm-hmm. so that we can try and get more information about what's going on and what causes this. And try and find out ways so that they can, you know, the medicos can actually find out if someone's got CTE while they're alive or whether there's something that's going on with their brains or changes in their brains, which gives them an indication that you might be at risk of getting it. And so that we can tell players to, you know, stop playing. Otherwise, you may actually find yourself getting CTE and having these debilitating issues that come with it um, and shorten your life, essentially. Yeah, and so hopefully we can we can get that medical information and then start giving players the safety and security they need, and also the future that they want as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Mm. You know, and hopefully they do find the right balance. I, you know, I saw um, 
in tonight's game with Manly and Penrith. Sorry, the Northern Bears and Penrith. Um, <laughs> the there was a point where Kikau looked like he was basically knocked out trying to stop a try, and he went limp. Like he went completely limp for a minute, and he come off for a a uh, HIA and ended up coming back on the field in the second half, which I was pretty shocked by. It looked like he was just definitely out. Mm. Um, you know, and all you can do is go by, you know, the HIA test at the moment and the doctor's advice. Cause there are, there are some ways that they can get around. Like if a player, apparently there are some things that they can see on the field where a player can come off past his HIA. But if the doctor says, look, we think you had a flash knockout, we're still not going to let you go back out. We've seen that a couple of times already this year, I believe. So there are ways around if a player does pass their HIA, they can still say, look, it's not in your best interest, go back out. And I thought it was going to happen tonight, but it didn't. So all you can do is go by the doctor's advice because, you know, they're the experts at the end of the day. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's a lot better now than what it used to be. That's that's the main thing, and the fact that we're you know showing this much care and interest in it shows that you know they'll probably be open to making more changes in the future if evidence suggests that they should. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, what are you doing for Easter? Anything special? I've no idea. Do you uh, eat meat on Good Friday? Yeah. Heathen. Heathen. White meat. Heathen. White meat. Yeah, well, white, well, yeah, like fish. Yeah. Oh, well, then you're not a heathen. No. Okay. I'm just, I'm just a heathen on the other days when I don't follow religion. I love when... I just, I just use Good Friday as an excuse to get some barramundi into me. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I... <laughs> I wonder what Israel Flowers doing on Friday. Um, the... I um I I eat fish as well on Good Friday. Yeah. And yeah. what fish do you go after? Just crumbed. <laughs> it's nothing special. Fish fingers. Fucking white wings or whatever the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> Whatever's just... the cheapest in the box at Woolies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um. But yeah, I I kind of do it. Same same lines that the Mongols had. When they would deal with religion, you hedge your bets, man. Yeah, that's that's always the safest option. Yeah, yeah. Although I love it when people tell me they eat red meat on Good Friday. Well, because I love I love saying they're going to hell. It's yeah, so just, fun. They're just being blatant. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I love it. So if you're eating red meat, I'll see you in hell. Yeah, yeah. We we just going to the uh, like the halfway area towards hell. We'll get, a, uh, we'll get a bit of a reprieve. The flames will be less hot. What's it called? It's called... Um, it's got a name. Um, if it's like anything from Mortal Kombat, it'll be the Nether Realm. The Nether Realm. Isn't <laughs> it where called, Scorpion is. Isn't it called Pandemonium or something? Oh, it might be. I can't remember. I haven't seen Beetlejuice for a long time. Jeez, there's a film. That's a good film, though. Mm. Um, Only John McClane took him out. What type of Easter eggs do you like better? Do you like, do you like the, the free ones? The free ones. <laughs> I like I know, my free I know range chocolate eggs. 
I like, I tell you what, I like the little Cadbury ones that are like a little bit hollow. They're like the size of a normal egg. I like those. And oh, yes. outside of that, I like uh, anything that's kind of small that I like it with my coffee. What you put in the coffee? No, no, I'll just have my coffee and eat it as well. Just don't dunk the egg in the coffee until the bottom half melts off. Yeah, I've done that before. That's so good. <laughs> um, I'll take any egg. The, one that, the eggs I don't like are those cheap ones. Yeah, I don't like the cheap and ones. And you eat them and they sort of have a bit of a greasy texture in your mouth, but they don't taste like anything. Like a waxy sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, well, how come it doesn't taste like chocolate? Yeah. Like, how do you make chocolate nut taste like chocolate? What the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's stuff I don't like. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. Prefer, yeah, Cadbury, Lint. Don't mind a bit of Lint chocolate. I um, I tell you what, you know, you, you will never upset anybody by getting them one of those Humpty Dumpty Easter eggs that are filled oh, no, with they're, Smarties. They're classics. Yeah, yeah. I will like, say no one thing. One of them and said, oh. oh I didn't want this. Yeah. Also, one thing, I reckon that they've put less Smarties inside them. Yeah, I agree, 100%. I remember getting one of those when I was a kid, and I swear it had, it was like half full. You'd open it up and you go, whoa. And now you sort of rattle, it's got, you know, like seven little things. You know, like, what the fuck is this? Well, where's the rest of them? I remember once getting a, an NR, a gold NRL ball Easter egg, and I think it was like a kilo, one kilogram of chocolate in it. <laughs> And it was the full, it was like the size of a full size footy. I actually used the box to put a signed uh, rugby league ball that I had signed by the Australian team. I used that as like a holder for it. Um, oh, yeah. I was in my I was in my twenties when I got that. <laughs> <laughs> the things you can do when you leave home. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, parents did the same. You got to eat fresh. You got to eat good food, and you got to do this. You leave home, and you go. Right, I'm just eating pizza and chocolate because exactly. I can. Just I don't need all to of the pizza and chocolate. Yeah. yeah, and then when you turn 40, you go, fuck, I wish I'd listened to my parents. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they were right all along. They always are. And then you become all, a parent, you start doing the same shit. It's all fun and games until your left arm starts aching. Yeah. you got diabetes and your teeth are falling out. Diabetes. <laughs> Oh man. Um so yeah. So if you're listening to this over Easter, happy Easter. We hope you're having a good time and yeah, getting to visit the family you can visit. Hopefully we're not all in lockdown. And uh yeah, it's a I, I enjoy Easter, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's um it's pretty good for me. I, I think I enjoy it I've I enjoy it more as a parent than I ever did as a kid. Yeah. I, don't know. I just like it when when my little one's excited about anything, like, oh, she's so cute, and get you know, feed her chocolate, then watch her go and hypo for half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> must be fun. Yeah, that's always good. So, where can people find us, Andrew? Uh, well, you're behind a microphone, as am I. Oh, you mean online? Yes, yes, online. Uh, um, well, York. League Freak on Twitter. I'm at Andrew yep. RP. Uh, you've got a website, I believe. Just... I do. It's It's got a very unique name. It's called leaguefreak.com. Yeah, you've got another one. And oh, another man, one. I'm going to do this. And another one. 
Quackers.com, RLWorld9s.com, InternationalRL.com, IHateRugbyUnion.com, SuperLeagueWar.com, TheSuperLeagueWar.com, <laughs> SouthRedDevils.co.uk. Have I got any others? Rugby League Podcasting Network. RugbyLeaguePodcastingNetwork.com. That was actually so the one I was... I was... That was the one I was actually referring to first up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was right. to get through the whole list. But there you go. Yeah, you got to you got to specify it, man. Yeah, I, that was my fault. Um, so yeah, because it's a bit of a public holiday, I dare say, freak, you'll take the day off tomorrow and you'll spend the whole day trying to find another website to buy. Probably, I um, tomorrow my plan is to buy Easter eggs if I can find anywhere that's open. Eggs dot com. Eggs dot com. I should buy that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. I'll be doing that. Watched, uh, watching the Bitcoin price and watching football. I'm looking forward to the footy this weekend. Yeah, who's who's on to, who's on tomorrow? I've really not paid too much attention because I've been working my ring off the last few days. Yeah, someone was saying that they they liked it when we did like 57 episodes, and I threw you straight under the bus. Did you <laughs> see that? <laughs> no, I, I missed that one. Oh yeah, threw you under the bus. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the reason why we don't have more podcast episodes because there'll be times when I start work at seven a.m., which means I've got to get up at about four thirty in the morning. But then, right then, Nadine, how dare she? She pointed out that I spent half of last year trying to fucking die with illnesses, and she pointed out that some of the absences that we had were my fault. And I said I don't like being at fault for any of that sort of thing. No. Nah. Because I'm pretty sure I still podcasted while dying. You did. There were a few there where you were like, you dragged your ass through it. It was, it was, uh, it was, you was like a soldier. Yeah. Essentially what I'd do is I'd, I'd talk, say my bit. And when I started to feel like I was about to almost die, I'd mute and let you talk for a bit and then just medicate myself until I got back to a, a living state to communicate again. <laughs> Worked well. Um, okay. So tomorrow we've, well, today, if you're listening, we got Bulldogs versus Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs smashed them. Uh, and then at, at 8 p.m. at Storm versus Broncos, which... Would you believe mm. that the Broncos are higher on the ladder at the moment than the Storm? Really? That's crazy. <laughs> Broncos are 10th, Storm are 11th. We, the Panthers beat the Storm last week. I would not want to play them this week. Nope. Um, and then on Saturday, we've got Sharks playing the Cowboys. They should smash the Cowboys. Uh, we got the Titans versus Raiders, which could be a pretty good game, actually. That's going to be close to game of the round, I reckon. Yeah. And then on Sunday, we've got Knights versus Dragons and Roosters versus Warriors. And then on Monday, we've got bath. the West Tigers. Yeah, we've got the West Tigers. <laughs> they're already lubing up for their game against the Eels. Yeah, they're already practicing. They're touching their toes. Yeah, as as one person that I've talked to said, they've got to cough first. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to all that football. Interesting. You know what? I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever round it is when the Tigers get to play in a game other than Sunday or Monday. I hate having yeah. to wait until the end of the week or the start of the next week before I get to actually see my team play footy. Oh, really? Why are we always on Sunday or Monday? I see. I don't really mind what day the Panthers play. Yeah, it's just a bit of a drag having to go through and watch every other team's play, and then you go, "Oh, fine, I get to see my team." Oh, it's you know, like six o'clock on Friday, uh, Sunday. Uh. 
Yeah, that's a good point. The six o'clock Sunday game, like I'm always appreciative that it's on, but it does feel like, I don't know, it does feel like an also ran of a game in some respects. So that means the Tigers will be on Sunday the week after, so they don't have a stupid long turnaround. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, on Saturday, round six. Well, there you go. Against South. Oh, man. Jesus. Well, this has been one of our best visual podcasts we've ever done. Yeah, God, you you should see the stuff we've looked at. (laughs) We've designed a footy jumper. We've looked at other footy jumpers. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I've looked at stats. Oh, I just wish you had been here to see it all. Yeah, you should have seen it. It was great. I'm looking at it now. It's amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Why don't they make podcasts so you can see what we're seeing? I mean, I know that's a video sort of thing, but, yeah, we we don't have a YouTube thing. I mean, we do, but, you know, we're not going to put videos on there. Well, we do, but we're not going to do that now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in the future. <laughs> you know, if, if, our, if our YouTube team will get off their ass and organise it all, why should we have to do everything all the time? I know, right? Fucking interns. Yeah. We need new interns. We should. You know what I was thinking? We should have a competition. Right. Find interns through the competition. How many interns do we need? Well, one each at least. One each? Yeah. We could start with just having one to deal with the podcast. Mm-hmm. If we can get one person doing that, doing our PR shit. Because I was supposed to do the uh, regular updates on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. until you found this magnificent way of having things automatically happen on Facebook, I believe. So we stopped, I stopped bothering with that. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and I, I put up, like, uh, details about podcasts once every, I think on average, once every 200 podcast episodes on Instagram. <laughs> just to make sure the account stays open. <laughs> We've got a MySpace account we've never used. That's true. We'll we'll use it eventually, though. We've got a LinkedIn account that we... Uh, I think you run that. I don't know how often that gets used, though, because I don't use LinkedIn. It gets uh, it gets automatically updated, which is oh, good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, League by the Fireplace had their 300th episode um, this weekend, so congratulations to them. Yeah. And we're, on, we'll, we're on that, t- I was going to say, that's where we'll be very, very soon, probably about a week's yeah. time or so. Yeah, so we're getting there, um, and then we hit the 300 club, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll be up there with League by the Fireplace. Yeah, League by, by the Fireplace. I think, I think there's other podcasts out there, but I I don't know what episode numbers they've got. We should find out which podcasts have, which rugby league podcasts have the highest number of episodes so that then, when we overtake them, we just fucking just brag. Yeah. Frag like oh fuck, that would um, be great. And then we could well, what we can do then is just put out a, a shitload of uh, pointless podcasts that last about seven minutes just to get the claim. <laughs> that would be good, yeah. <laughs> just g'day, welcome to the podcast, and we're done. Next episode, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we smashed it. That'd be the way to do it. Um, well, while we're at it, people make sure. You have to do this. You've got to go to patreon.com slash leaguefreak and donate some coin every month to uh, one of the very first independent rugby league um, content creators out there in League Freak. And uh, he's got some tiers on there, so you can you can get some merch, I believe, based on which tiers you um, select. Yes. So get in there. 
I think start about five bucks a month, something like that. I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it might even be lower than five bucks. It's US dollars, so I think it starts at three US dollars a month, which I think that's probably a little bit less than five bucks from memory. Yeah, well, there's Aussie dollars gone a bit, a bit south the last few days. Oh no. Well, you know, as in the US dollars got stronger, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, while you're there, you chuck in, you go to patreon.com slash project and you donate to Andrew Ferguson. And what he uses the money for is to continue the upkeep of Rugby League history online. We all use Rugby League Project. You use Rugby League Project. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Okay. Don't don't pretend you're you're a freeloader. Let's turn this into something really negative. Yeah, it's getting rather aggressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Put your hand in your pocket, you fucking bastard. <laughs> um, I, I could interject and, and pull you into line, but you know, carry on. <laughs> so listen here, you freeloading son of a bitch. Go to uh, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash project. Put your money in in your filthy pocket, pull out your wallet, and donate some money to the digitization, the efforts to digitize Rugby League history through RL Project, through Rugby League Project, through all the other ventures that Andrew's involved in. He's involved in all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I've got shares everywhere. Yeah. You know, just uh, last week, mm-hmm. I added a, an information, a bit of information to a game from 1975. Mm-hmm. And this is back in the days when kids were allowed to run onto the field of, of the game. And yeah. it brought about a change in the way games, um, you know, the timekeeping's done at games. Because what we've got now, is, or what we had for a long time, was they would turn the clock off so you didn't know when full-time actually was, mm-hmm. when there was about five or six minutes left to go. And the reason for that came because of, largely because of what happened in this one match where the full-time siren went just before a scrum was about to set. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, just after a scrum was about to set. So the scrum got set, play continued, but just as the siren sounded, all the kids in the venue jumped the fence and they were running out of the field while play was still going on. <laughs> and um, uh, one, of the, one of the players put up a bomb, and as the ball hit the ground, it hit one of the kids. Oh. Yeah. And so the opposition fullback just grabbed the ball and just ran over the sideline and just ended the game. It's just yeah. crazy. Um, so I thought I'd chuck that in there because that's an interesting little tidbit. You know what? Remember you used to be able to jump over and grab the corner post. It would be interesting to do that now because there's a probably a $200 camera in the corner post. Yeah, that's a good camera. That's a good corner post to grab now. Yeah, yeah. It would be great if it, didn't, if it wasn't wide, so you could just get it and run, run home with it, and Fox Sports are just following your entire journey home. Well, look, even if it is wide, like at some point that wire has got to break away, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a kid from Mount I don't care that it's wide. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are modern details. Yeah. We had a ride on, we had a, when I was a kid, we had a ride-on lawnmower stolen that was chained to the house foundations. <laughs> okay? Wired camera, please. 
How does someone just steal a Rotoluma? Like, it's not like they're going to be that hard to chase down. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Or did they steal the house with it? Tell you, that would be a slow journey on a Rotoluma with a house being towed behind it. It was a proper right, and, you know, this is going back a bit, so it was like Rotoluma was where... Like the, the clunky metal heavy things. I don't even know how they managed to steal it, but they stole like it. Three fifty the Chevy under the bonnet. It, they were like uh, mini tractors back then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how about that? That's a hell of a story. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think we've uh, we've rounded that out episode episode out pretty well. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good fun. Happy Easter to everyone listening. Yes, happy fish eating day. I can't remember what it's actually called. There you go. Uh, enjoy your footy. That's the one. <laughs> enjoy your footy. Enjoy your chocolates. And uh, we'll catch you next time.